because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I want to do horror stuff with my friend. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on shantigreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room Comedy Podcast. We're doing it live here on shantigreen.com, presented by 24-7 Comedy. And what a show do we have in store for you today. Unfortunately, we don't have Logan Lysico. He's out on assignment. And by assignment, I mean uh, hanging out with a little woman uh, friend. I, 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 won't be, I, won't, I won't blow up uh, Logan's spot too much, but I think, I think it's fair to say he, he talked about it on the previous episode that he had met a lady – Things were going well, or so, you know, he was doing pretty good with uh, this Plenty of Fish date, and I guess he went to the Plenty of Fish date, most recently uh, went to a Plenty of Fish date, and he was waiting for this girl, this Plenty of Fish girl to show up. She was running late for a really long time, seeming like maybe he was getting, whatever, maybe blown off, I don't know, but the chick was kind of taking her sweet time finding the place. And while he was waiting, he ended up meeting another chick, got Whoa. her number, so now he's out He's out on that date, this second chick that he met while waiting for another chick. So I'm sure we'll hear about that in the uh, wonderful world of Logan Lysico, but filling in for Logan, very capable, great announcer, good pal, Paul Danke. Paul, what's happening, bro? Just happy to be on the program, just happy to be here, <laughs> uh, filling in those big big old shoes for that, that hard-swinging L-dog. <laughs> Hoping I do him justice. <laughs> he does. He, he swings for the fences. Every once in a while, Logan, Logan will hit you with a very self-aware, very self-effacing line oh, that just cracks you up. What was he? We had a, uh, we had a Comedy Garage meeting earlier today working, you know, uh, the think tank that's known as the Comedy Garage, getting things, getting the ball moving in that whole uh, production. What was the, <laughs> what was the line? It was something to the... Extent of uh, so and so, we were talking about someone. I, I forget the whole, the whole pretense of where the comment came out of, but it was something like, "Oh, so and so," but he's just a big fat gay guy with glasses. And then Logan goes, "Hey, that's my role." <laughs> oh yeah, because he just got new glasses, right? And he showed up with them, and obviously, like, he feels like I look good in these glasses, <laughs> but does. but and he and he they look good, but he doesn't want to draw too much attention to it, so he's got to just. He went hard self-deprecating. He was totally unprecedented. Right. He threw the gay thing in with the fat and the glasses. It was a, it was an unexpected trifecta. Yeah, he just kicked his own ass so hard. It was it was it was really funny. That's it was he, gut busting. My yeah. butt, my butt. Gut felt a little busted, man. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right, and we have a special guest on the program, Mr. Brooks Whelan. Brooks, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, for sure. I, I want to hear more about comedy garage meetings. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine what happens in They're these. really, uh... Well, yeah, when the comedy garage gets together, first off, it takes a lot of emails to figure out what time, <laughs> emails. 
what time things are going to happen, then inevitably so I feel like we've been tightening up our stuff a little bit, but normally it was just the idea of like the meeting was just, hey, show up whenever, there's a hookah going, no one's going to yeah, judge exactly. anything. Who's got the coolest jean jacket today? Well, obviously, I'm the only one that has a jean jacket. It's <laughs> so, my thing. I've so Paul would normally win that. I feel what? like we've, we've tightened up our stuff a little bit. Where we, we are, sure. People occasionally bring notebooks. Issues are somewhat resolved. Yep. Meetings, deadlines are set. We're uh, we're going corporate, man. Yep. A lot of comedy garage drama. Is there drama? I mean, there's always drama. Building any empire. Haven't you seen Boardwalk <laughs> Empire? <laughs> it's exactly that. like that. Yeah, it's you a, think, uh, what was his name? Nicky or Steve Buscemi? Nucky yeah. Thompson. Nucky. Nucky. Yeah, you think yeah. Nucky Thompson? He cracked a few heads. He had a couple guys taken care of, but eventually he became empire of a boardwalk. Or in our case, a garage in a house in Burbank that we no longer live at. But eventually, we'll (laughs) take that over. I feel it. Those, yeah, exactly the same thing. That is my dream as a comedy garage. Eventually, to make so much money that we can just throw it at uh, James, our former landlord, move back into the house with the original comedy garage. It's our Motown. Exactly. It's where we. It's where comedy (laughs) was created in Burbank, and and we're gonna put a fucking plaque up on the front lawn someday, whether he likes it or not. It's like Detroit. It's just a piece of trash now. Uh, um, it's yeah, it's a little bit of a ghetto because they've lost their their great cultural uh, you know contribution that is the comedy garage, the Burbank. They lost their soul, man. They lost their soul. They lost their heart when we moved. I, up. I slept in a car outside comedy garage. Once. Right, I feel Many like a that's time. a that's a badge of honor. A lot of people have told me. I, I would say, out of the compliments I get on the comedy garage, uh, out of ten, five or I would say seven of them are just people not necessarily giving a compliment, just describing how wasted they got at a comedy right. garage. Well, one, maybe the show was okay. Two was just like, wow, that was an interesting idea. And the other seven were just, man, I threw up so much at yeah. that place. I've <laughs> slept outside of my car. We got a lot of sleeping outside of the yeah. car yeah. stores. I we feel pop like a lot of hookah cherries there. <laughs> exactly. It's been a long time. We used to just be running through these, these uh, hookah virgins, just running them hose. Yep. We were like a terrorist with 72 virgins and a hookah, man. We just took care of business. We didn't make love to them, but we exposed them to the molasses tobacco of the Middle East. Really yeah. smooth. Yeah, I, sh- I showed up. I was living in Huntington Beach, and I didn't really know you guys that well. Right. If it happened now, I'd be like, scoot over, Sean. I'm sleeping in bed with you. Right. I'm going to curl up in your American flag. But at the time, <laughs> I was like – Bosom of our great nation. Yeah, I was like, I can't drive to Huntington Beach, no. and I can't ask these guys. I don't know. Can I sleep on your floor? So I just was like, I'm just going to go to the car. It's funny, a lot of people, I wouldn't say a lot of people, but there have definitely been several people that their first time there, they do end up sleeping at that house. And those people, they just, it's, that's a badge of honor. Talk about joining, exactly. joining the group. You pass out at the house, you're in. Exactly. I mean, that's why we, we became so infatuated with Logan. I mean, we've <laughs> talked about it before, but oh, yeah. the reason we came to know Logan was that he was producing Tom Green's online video show at the time. Cornell Reed and I uh, show up as interns for this Tom Green show. We get to talking to Logan, explain that we're doing, hey, this coming Saturday, we're actually doing a, a comedy garage at our place. We're going to have a party there. We're going to have this whole thing, a comedy show. Logan's, hey, that sounds good. I'm down to party. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that's my Logan impression. That's, oh, that's, I love parties, guys. <laughs> that's a solid Logan, Paul. <laughs> he shows up. He parties a lot. He gets wasted. Not only does he get wasted and he pass out, which has happened a lot at the at the comedy garage, he passed out in the bathroom with the door locked. And at the time, <laughs> that was the only bathroom inside the house. So every girl is just ba- – guys don't care. They'll just uh, piss in the yard. But girls are just banging on it. I, I – 
I had to almost break down the door, and then when he finally opened it, he opened it just a little bit, so like I could open the door, but it was just jamming up against his leg. He's like, "Dude, I'm cool. Dude, I'm cool." And he's like, <laughs> he's snoring no, just on the toilet. <laughs> He's fucking bogarting the bathroom. That's when Logan became a legend, a living legend, and yeah. uh, we've been hanging out with him ever since. So now, uh, Brooks, let's take a let's take a little uh, page out of your story. Trip down old Brooksy Lane. Old now Brooks I know Lane. I know you're from Iowa, right? Okay, so fresh. Did you grow up in Iowa your entire life? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Iowa. Went to the University of Iowa because super cheap. Uh, and yeah, then I just. I moved to Kansas City for a summer in okay. college. Then the next summer I went to Chicago. And then uh, after that I graduated and moved out here. All right. That so. sounds – all right. I like that. I what like was that your method. major in college? I think the fans – I think, I think right. the, okay. the Green Room Show fans want to know what is your major. My major was biomedical engineering and uh, that's what I still do. It's Yes. Now you, you're one of the rare comedians who have a day job – of something of value. You're a scientist during the day. Right. Yeah, real nerd. <laughs> it's the, it's okay, but the now, worst. Now, now describe, because you seem like a cool dude now. What was high school like? Were you really, obviously you must have had some interest in the science, but then where does the cross-section between comedy and scientistry, where does that, <laughs> being a scientist, where does that kind of uh, cross-section come about? And what was your high school experience like? No. If you had to describe yourself, right. jock, nerd, a little vote. Uh, no, I mean, I was, uh, I don't know, I, I wrestled a lot. That's all I cared about was wrestling. So nerd. Yeah. <laughs> but Iowa, that's, that's a yeah, yeah. It was, big wrestling country. I love wrestling. That's all I cared about. Uh, and then yeah, I would just kind of like drink on the weekends or whatever. And uh, before I went to college, I just looked up what makes the most money. And they were like engineering. And I was like, well, I want to go to Iowa. And they have biomedical engineering. I guess that's what I'll do. But wow. I never really liked it. Uh, and then I just started doing comedy like freshman year of college. And I was like, well. Were you, did you have a little class clown gene in you? Was that like a recessive gene that eventually became more dominant? Yeah, I mean uh, – I can talk in your terms. No, no. I, I wanted to do stand-up <laughs> since I was in like fourth grade. I read like an Adam Sandler book and I found out that he uh, did stand-up. And I was like, well, I guess I got it. So, it's uh, funny. That, the guy does not have enough money. He has to have had an Adam Sandler book as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is when he was still great. you know. Um, so I started writing jokes, like stand-up jokes in fourth and fifth grade. And uh, Now, then, wait. Sorry. Quick, uh, quick sidebar here. A couple of comedy guys. Obviously, I think I, I speak for the room when I say Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, hilarious, Classics. laugh out loud. The those, greatest movies those, ever. Yeah, His comedy CDs with the, yeah, the shampoo bottle. Now, are we a victim of our, our love of Adam Sandler and of that Adam Sandler? Did Adam Sandler actually get worse or did we just grow up? No, he off? got worse. He or, absolutely got worse, man. He like the fact that Jack and Jill comes out on 11, 11, 11 hurts my feelings because I really was looking forward to that day and I'm like he's ruining my day that I think is going to be cool yeah you're all I set up that, for an 11-11 but look at it in terms of the symmetry the concept he's got this duality it's perfectly balanced just like the date 11-11-11 it actually plays on multiple levels I gotta give it this one to Adam ding 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 ding, ding, <laughs> right. ding so he's got the yin and the yang he's got, he's got, got the, the woman and the male Jack and the Jill now I saw the trailer for this movie and first I out first off I started off seeing the billboards like everybody looked terrible and then I saw the trailer and the female version of Adam Sandler his sister his sister sits on a small horse probably a Shetland pony and <laughs> the legs like explode out of it <laughs> And it just, I was like, you just got so dumb, you've got me back on board. Yeah, right. This is, you know, this, it's like, there's those, 
like your Harold and Kumars that are so dumb that they just they <laughs> win you over with going there. It's right. It's a, it's well. A that's what I, that's what I think that if we were of our age now, and I know it's hard to. It's hard to paint that scenario, but if we were our age now and threw in Happy Gilmore, would we think, oh, this is just dumb, stupid cursing. No. It's not really that funny. Right. But part of it was we were 13, 14, and the idea of like a, just this adult acting like a kid and cursing going, hey, shampoo is better, conditioner yeah. is better. That's hilarious when you're 13 and 14. So then we have this idealized view of Adam Sandler, and then as you kind of grow up, you're like, oh, this is dumb and immature, but maybe – He's just kind of stayed more constant, and yeah, maybe, basically maybe. our taste as a generation has changed. I heard a woman in Target two days ago talking as if she was Adam Sandler's version of a woman. It was like, <laughs> oh, I love her already. Baby, get me oh, – okay, okay. Go ahead and get me that uh, book over there. And I, was, I looked over, and it was a real-life person. I was like, oh, my oh, god. Oh, wait. So she wasn't doing a character? She that wasn't. Was that's how she was – she was on the phone. She's like – Meatloaf again. Like I was like, oh my god, you're a real thing. You're the worst stereotype of a Jewish woman ever. I think that Adam Sandler is still funny. There's something about him. I don't know why. Like I still root for him. Whenever he's got a movie that comes out, I'm just like, yeah, I know that it's not going to be mind blowing, but I don't care. He doesn't Dude, have right. to blow my mind. My friend put it in perspective for me the other day. I was bitching about Jack and Chill, and he said he was on the set of. Uh, of grown-ups and he's like dude adam sandler's his own empire he has like 400 employees when he makes a movie all those 400 people get employed they yeah. look up to him man he's he needs to make a movie for those people to live and have like a good life so i mean he's like well you know I'll come out with a movie once a year right and like and on set you know he doesn't care that movie's gonna make a hundred million dollars and it's so fun for them to make they get to hang out with all their friends yeah. it's funny it's you like can- it's like jerry garcia he wanted to stop touring the entire time because he knew, hey, this is a lot of stress. I'm not taking care of my body. But then he looked and saw, oh, my God, I have all these employees. They have health insurance right. because we're out on tour. We're paying for the wall of sound, multiple wall of sound engineers, the the roadies blow habit. Like there was a big yeah. nut to crack for the Grateful Dead. And if Jerry didn't want to go out and tour, then they, that nut wasn't going to get cracked. And they were good, hardworking people. So he felt pressured to keep going on the road. And eventually, his uh, unhealthy habits caught up to him. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I do, I do wish for Sandler to go ahead and do one of his movies, then do someone else's movie because he's a good actor. I mean, I like watching him. Yeah. I think he's hilarious. But it's like, yeah, do a goofy. Don't do a grown ups backed up with a just go with it backed up with a Jack and Jill. Let's throw a good one in the middle. Right. But it's like if you think about him as an executive producer, he makes so much more money if he does his own movies. Yeah, absolutely. For him yeah. to say. Oh, I'll just come act in your movie and play like an interesting part well, for right. you. Who gives a shit? Yeah, he's, he's got, got that his... Happy Madison production company. Like you said, a lot of employees there, a lot, a lot of wheels getting greased. And uh, God bless America. You got, you got to give it up for the guy, regardless of whether you like the movies anymore or not. The guy has kept it real. Yeah, I mean Rob Schneider, those other three dudes that are somehow have <laughs> film careers. Like, basically. Someone scratched this lottery ticket, and that lottery ticket was uh, being living in the same dorm room as Adam Sandler when he went to NYU. Right. Someone scratched that lottery ticket. Hey, you want to play a homeless guy for uh, twelve years on end, and probably make you probably have like a, a net worth of a couple million dollars. 
Wait, why? I can't be a homeless guy in every film. No, don't worry. We'll figure Trust it out. Us, yeah. Trust me. Whatever. Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be randomly there. Oh, hey, I'm a golfer. I have a homeless caddy. Like he's he keeps crowbar. He realizes this guy can get away with playing a homeless character somewhat convincingly. So now it's his goal to crowbar that into everything. And you kind of gotta admire that grit and determination. Yeah. At yeah. the same time, my my middle brother loves those movies, dude. He right. loves them. A lot of like middle America fucking loves that. So yeah, they maybe if you're it. younger or you don't have, you just haven't. I guess you're just not burned out on comedy as much. Right. Maybe you get into it. Yeah, we're super burned. Se- out. Seems like yeah. seems like wholesome fun. So now, before you got burned out on comedy, Brooks, when you're a young, bushy-eyed, <sighs> yep, freshman, yep. at the University of Iowa, what 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 first kind of got the comedy gears in motion? For um, you? I started writing uh, like a top ten list for the local newspaper. And that was weekly, and I liked that a lot. Um, and then I went to an open mic in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and then got a job at that comedy club, and then just worked there every weekend and got to host on the weekends and was pretty obsessed and still am. Yep. Yep. So you, you got you got bitten by the bug there early? I guess. Yeah, I just ate shit in the middle of Iowa for, for a good three years. Just no one liked it. Good place <laughs> to eat shit, that yeah. nice corn fish. Yeah, nice corn fish. It was just a, shit. Yeah, a bunch of people coming out for like a, a night of comedy and then some idiot 20-year-old, they're like, you look like my gay son. Like, <laughs> yeah. They hated me. Oh, now, Iowa, Iowa kind of gets, I guess a lot of the middle of the country or the Midwest kind of gets stereotyped as... Oh, hey, they're rednecks, they're hillbillies. How accurate of a perception do you feel like that is for Iowa or just in general? Well, in Iowa, Kansas City? Uh, I feel Kansas City, accurate, very accurate, hillbilly idiots. Uh, but I like Iowa a lot. Um, just because, I don't know. I feel it's it's a smart state. You know, I mean, it's Democrat. It votes Democratic. Like, it's on the fence. And I don't know. It's really smart. It's like college to go to college there was super cheap and they have good colleges and i feel like the people in general are yeah i mean i guess they're they're kind of on the west they're they're getting out there yeah i mean it's pretty north i mean it's just underneath minnesota i don't know my thing is hey we were we fought for the north so right you're on to something early there you go right okay kansas city was so then you hit up you hit up kansas city chicago what ultimately brings the move to la well, I was going to move back to Chicago after I graduated college. I was like, I'm going to move to Chicago and get really good at comedy, then move to New York or L.A. And then I thought about it. Like, you know, then I was 22 and I was like, man, it's not easy to move. If I move to Chicago, I'll move with my girlfriend and then we get married or whatever. And then I, I'll probably never leave Chicago. So I'll just Beautiful make... city. Not a bad city to get stuck. No, it's it, – yeah, it sucks, dude. It's like it's so Ouch. cold. It's Ouch. really cold and there's no – it's like L.A. without any mountains or ocean. Like they yeah. have a Lake Michigan. It's a cool city, but I wanted to move to New York or L.A. So then I just looked for jobs out here in, in New York and then found one out here. Wow. So wait, what's your what's – your, what's the job that you found? What's your official title? Uh, biomedical engineer. Okay. So yeah. now – Layman's terms. What do you do? Give us kind of your nine to five job. Just a brief rundown. Yeah, no, a brief rundown. Uh, I just go into work and then immediately, first hour or so, plan lunch <laughs> right away. What guys? What's for lunch? Yeah, what are we a, gonna do? That's what every office is doing. There's at least an hour and a half. So yeah, yeah. What are we doing lunch. for lunch? Then I work for like an hour, and then I start get, to get excited for lunch, and yep. then we re get together and we go. All right, are we sure about this lunch decision? <laughs> and then we decide no. So we change lunch plans and then we go to lunch. 
and then we come back from lunch, and then we talk about lunch for for probably a half hour after that. Lunch is a good conversation. Yeah. Oh, that was a great lunch. <laughs> <laughs> or that wasn't a great lunch, depending on whatever happened. I didn't at lunch. like that lunch. <laughs> that wasn't a, our best lunch. Bad, t- it, is, it is easy to get fixated on food. We're just such simple animals when it comes down to it. All we want is food, shelter, some fucking, and that's yeah. really all we need. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll do I'll do some work. Uh, I'll test some eyeballs, which is what I do. And then uh, and then after that, I'm like, man, I can't wait to go home and eat dinner. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all it is. Hard days rocking. And dinner. Yep. Then it's like, all right, time to go out and hit the open mics. All right, now, so you turned me on to this song. Herman Cain is in the news, seemingly one of the uh, GOP frontrunners for the 2012 election. I'm so pro-Herman Cain for what you're about to unveil. Yes, Herman Cain, obviously, he made his business dollars. He made his name in business as a uh, CEO of Godfather's Pizza. Also was quoted. Wait, really? Yes. yes. Oh, man, he was, I'm not paying attention. Dude, he was also quoted saying, if you're not a millionaire... It's your own fault. This guy's a maniac. I like that. I like that can-do attitude. Also, I think uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. First, I just you find like it. crazy millionaires. Like this yeah, guy's eccentric insane. guys, personalities. Come I on, guess. think of all no. the think of all the great comedy uh, Sarah Palin brought to us. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And just the idea that black guys involved in the pizza chain. I don't know. I just yeah. it's just you know maybe Sicilian. All right. So here is. Uh, Jesus. All right. Hold on. Buddy. All right. So Herman Cain, like we said, Godfather CEO, made his money selling pizza, made his dough he's from pizza. He, he's from Omaha, Nebraska. That's where that guy's from. Exactly. Yeah. I did Actually, I did not know that. But yeah. it, it kind of makes sense. So Mid- he's, he's Midwestern a biz- champ. Business guy. They keep uh, keep kind of joking about him and the pizza, obviously. You sent me this YouTube. I don't know. How did you come across this? Um, I Well, a lot of my work day is also on Google News because it's not blocked. And I will just – I read a lot of news because mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Work? Come on. Exactly. Um, Get serious. Just want to re, just reiterate in case any of my workers listen to this. Love this job. It's the yeah. best. Um, well, that sounds like a good gig. But I spend most of the time on Google News. So I've, I find out that Herman Cain had, a, like in 1998, at a Godfather's Pizza like Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> He's an amazing singer. He sang uh, John Lennon's Imagine, only changed oh, – Oh, yeah. No, only changed the yep. words yep. to Imagine There's No Pizza. Yes! Oh, here we go. Hold on. I am back on board. There's any, I mean, okay, he's a black Democrat. It's so crapping on uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken. This guy is he's kind of an Uncle Tom. <laughs> 
might become the president now it, it's so beautiful is all now, i can now this think is, of this is i'm enjoying this that the guy has a sense of humor and i appreciate that in a candidate but let's look at if we want a president supposedly a, a tight conservative guy like herman cain to come in he's paying for not multiple backup singers this saxophone guy this is not cheap this you think that's coming value. out of his own pocket no, no he's Wasting all this Godfather pizza money, oh. he's splurging all this cash. I don't look know. at the spectacle. Look how he's galvanizing his his Godfather's employees. They love it. That's true. Maybe it is a morale yeah, boost. I, it is a morale boost for me. He's... I'm I'm lifted up like fucking crazy right now. It's one of these things. I don't know where they cut the song off because it it just keeps getting better. There goes the song. You must do Imagine eating pizza Each and every day You may say that it's just But to me <laughs> it doesn't stop. And so showbiz on the side. <laughs> and maybe pepperoni. Maybe. Rounds out your pizza pie. Imagine getting pizza Skateboarding. Oh, of course dude. he does. Herman Cain's the coolest. Why didn't I? I mean, this should be his campaign. I, everything. I, he knows I'm pro how to, Herman Cain after this. Absolutely. He knows how to win over white people. Hey, let's do a song parody to the Beatles about pizza and also throw in a couple extreme sports references by talking about how I love skateboarding. See, if, if, if like 99% of the people out there that would be interested in doing a parody or a song version of Imagine, I know with confidence that that would be the most annoying thing I would hear the entire year. That would just be, I would hate it. But Herman Cain comes in there with his whimsy and his salt-of-the-earth tactics and just brings it to imagine there's no pizza. I'm like, that's something that I don't want to think about, but I need to kind of ponder it. It's It's like... Zombie movies. What if it did happen? <laughs> what would imagine. I do? Where would I be? I don't know. Oof, I can't live that life. Oh, God. Herman Cain is, I, I I'm want, impressed. I want him to win president because he's crazy, and I want to see what happens if an actually crazy person is in charge. Like, yeah, what's going to go down? I mean, but real talk, Godfather's Pizza, not that great. It sucks. I've never had Godfather's like, Pizza. I feel th- like I can't judge dude, his candidacy without having it. It's $3 for, like, the buffet. Yeah, it's a buffet. So you could get Kentucky Fry there. They probably have chicken on the menu <laughs> sometime. Oh, they absolutely. do have decent, like, cinnamon roll pizza, but to be honest, man. 
That's I worked pizza. at a McDonald's right next to a Godfather Pizza when I was in high school, and nobody was in there. Nobody was in. We used to ride our bikes in Iowa to See, a that, Godfather's. I mean, that shouldn't that affect your ability to lead people? Because pizza is the one thing. It's I feel like it's easy to do right. Yeah, you get but some when, high quality ingredients. Yeah, definitely. but it's three. It's like honestly, I think it was five. 15 for a buffet all you can eat for five dollars that's impressive that i mean you're not gonna how get the best not, quality how is he not morbidly obese maybe he wasn't maybe he wasn't uh because dining on the godfather's pizza herman cain doesn't like pizza have oh, you guys seen the that's wow I, I mean that sounds like a guy who likes pizza that song Actually, that i just heard but if you like pizza you make good pizza if you i'm think he if you like that, money please. you make crappy no, pizza no and make a lot of money if i'm mitt romney that's what i'm attacking herman cain on i hear you don't like pizza because yeah. right. around this i just be if i was mitt romney it'd be me eating pizza and every like look i like pizza too take that off yeah, yeah. i mean you pizza liar. is something that brings america together that's one thing that transcends race gender orientation yeah, the love stop. of pizza. The other day at work, I they go, hey, Brooks, will you go get the pizza? We'll order it. You get it. I went and picked up the pizza for work. I felt like a fucking rock star walking back in holding pizza for everybody. It's such yeah. – I mean from the early uh, early onset of our childhood, you're rewarded via pizza. Hey, guys, here's a pizza party. Yeah. Hey, it continues on we, later on in if life. If I read yeah. a book – that we had this thing called Book, Book It. it? Yep. Yeah. Yes. You, you, you read the... five books, you get a pizza. That was at Pizza Hut, not at Godfather's. You want to talk to a visionary, talk to the guy at Pizza Hut that made Book It. That is a, that is a great... I read books because of that, because I love that is a, That's a great marketing promo. Oh, it's I so mean, great. just the idea of like, hey, kids, you read a book, you get a personal paying pizza. Parents, are like, hey, I'm doing the good thing. I'm making my kid read, and I'm rewarding him with pizza. Meanwhile, you're laying groundwork. To slowly get them hooked on Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, yep. I was hooked. I, pizza it, Hut pizza is awful. It's how I first learned to lie. Like, yeah, I read that book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, book reports, early test of your lying ability. Well, Herman Cain, I don't know, maybe he's lying when he says he did not sexually harass anyone. He's lying, yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple a couple of people are coming out. This uh, latest woman, I'm on the fence of whether or not I believe her. What really hurts her case in my mind is Gloria Aldred. When you bring out Gloria Allred next to you and have her kind of like sitting over you Ugh. while you're reading the statement, listen, uh, the women who had the settlements before this all came out and then the settlement came out, fine. Maybe maybe had a legit complaint against uh, Herman Cain. Sure. But a woman like this who just mentions this now when the guy's running for president, it lacks a certain credibility. But this is the woman uh, at her press conference next right. to Gloria Allred, her attorney. He suddenly reached over, and he put his hand on my leg, <coughs> under my skirt, and reached for my genitals. Oh, he also grabbed and this woman, this woman seems like a party. She is blonde-haired, buxomy, late thirties, early forties. What CEO is doing this though? Like what? Like, well, Every CEO that's staying at a Hilton. There's a conference, and what do you think happens at those things? Yeah, man? why do you honestly? Why do you become chairman of the National Restaurant Association? Because as weird as it sounds, there's some power associated with that. Yep. You're lobbying Congress. You can get some people some jobs. You can grab a woman's upper end of their thigh. What mm -hmm. happened to a guy just making a move? Right. Hey, it's a bold move. Herman Cain comes from a different. Uh, he comes from. He's old school, man. You just know that his pickup line was, 
I'm the CEO of Godfather's Pizza, and I'm going to make you an offer that you can't refuse. And then it was his schlong. That was, he just pulls out his There's so many pizza-related double entendres that this guy, as a guy who writes song parodies, he must have thrown some out. He knew. He knows what's happening. So listen to this lady. She she sounds like fun. Kind of a cute gal. My head and brought it towards his crotch. I was very, very surprised and very shocked. I said... What are you doing? <laughs> you know I have a boyfriend. Now, whether oh, or not man. he was inappropriate with this woman, it's what? a he said, she said. He's but just the way that she sounds like an 80s villain. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is he? Give me a blowjob, yeah. little girl. It just sounds, literally, this sounds like they took the script of a sexual harassment training video, just photocopied yeah. the scenario and handed it to this woman to read. Because What, um... Give her an acting class. Yeah. Put her yeah. put her in with a Stella Adler was, teacher and tell her teach her to read a line. She was smiling and yeah. kind of chuckling before she started the Gloria Aldred super serious. Yeah. Whoa. Super serious. Oh, Scowling. Then, then he did Scally. the then he gave me the DX symbol and said, Suck it. But you know what? I bet he I bet this is all probably true. <laughs> no way. And, oh, you don't think that you don't think this is true? I he, think it's probably he, true. He like pushed pushed a uh a woman who works for him's head towards his. But face. it just—I know guys. It doesn't. Well, it's a—it's a bold. <laughs> who doesn't? It's a bold play, and mm-hmm. it's also a bold play to run for president. Let's be honest. Yeah. Takes a little, takes a little balls. Takes a little swagger. Maybe he has that confidence to pull it off. We'll never know. But her responding to this with, "What are you doing? You know, I have a boyfriend." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. No, they just say get off me, you jerk off. Like there's no cursing. Yeah. It, it just it's not playing it's not playing real to me right now. Yeah, if she said it so I threw coffee on his wiener, that's I'd be like, Okay, probably happen. Yeah. That's what All you right. would do. Just said, uh, no thanks. This isn't what I came here for. <laughs> Mr. Kane said you want a job, right? Bialik is a registered Republican. Her lawyer says she has two signed statements from friends she told about the incident in the days after. She reached out to Mr. Kane for help in finding another job. Instead of receiving the help that she had hoped for, Mr. Kane instead decided to provide her with his idea of a stimulus package. Oh, damn! Can this bitch do some punch-ups for me? I need a writer. I need... That stimulus. Okay, this is this is your statement. This is your official statement, and you're just making like glib wordplay. This is why no one takes anybody seriously. Quit trying to be funny. Just say what happened. But you know what? It didn't happen. That's what. That's what the problem oh, is. Everyone, everyone thinks they're a comedian. Even Gloria Aldred. Come on, Gloria. Oh, his she stimulus is... package. What is that? A knock at Obama while trying to like cover. I don't get it. No, don't it, get it. no one gets it. It's her trying to be funny. Here's the thing. Then she if, looked at the camera and said, I'll take a reality show, please. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, all right. Imagine this scenario. We're hanging out here. We're at a bar. I'm, I'm explaining to you. Guys, I, uh, I know it sounds crazy, but uh, Republican frontrunner Michelle Bachman made a pass at me. Yeah, she uh, she grabbed my genitals one night. I thought I thought we were there just to hang out and sing about pizza. She's also a fan. <laughs> and uh, Naturally. She, Naturally. She said... Uh, you want a job, don't you? She grabbed my genitals, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I said, but Miss Bachman, you know I have a girlfriend. She goes, uh, we know that's uh, false. I've listened to the podcast. You don't have any relationships with women. And then she's like, <laughs> Wait, she to... also listens to the podcast? She's also fan. a big fan. Fascinating. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big net I cast, Paul. I don't understand the magic of the green room, but it, it weaves some magic. 
And uh, then she just uh, threw me up against the bar stool and, and raped me. So, uh, in the middle of the bar? Yeah, it, w- it was pretty crazy, but Are I explained... Are you at a Barney's Beanery? This yeah. sounds like a Barney's Beanery story. Amazing chili. There was some UFC on in the background. She <laughs> felt really inspired. Papa She's a big shot. Nate Diaz fan. I get it. <laughs> so... I explained this to my lawyer, and she goes, that's well and good. What I'm going to do is I'm going to print out that statement, read it word for word verbatim about this sexual tragedy you just experienced. Then I'll come in with a little zinger at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was her her opening act. Yes. She's like, all right, now let me kill it. That's so tacky. It's like when you're – you you could just see her writing that and be like – and stimulus package. He should, he should be his stimulus I, I get it, Gloria Aldred. You're trying to make a name for yourself. You've just become this hyped-up lawyer personality, much like a Johnny Cochran. Uh, okay, I understand that you're just craving celebrity, but isn't it just bad business at a certain point when you throw in a zinger at the end there? Like, isn't that – I mean, first off, it's just an awful joke. Yeah. I'm offended as a comedian mm-hmm. and as a guy who – Yeah. When you watch Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Philip Banks, when he's in that suit and he's up being a judge, he doesn't joke around. He's no. serious. Up yeah, there. you're weighing. You know, this is this no, is but justice. I mean, if, if the idea is like, okay, hey, we're going to create a civil lawsuit, doesn't that hurt your credibility when your lawyer is literally up there? This is a joke. I would have fired her. I would have fired. How her can right you? Then. How can you make a joke out of someone? Getting raped if you're the person raping that. Wait, so if you're the wait. person representing this quote unquote sexual assault victim, right. how can you go up and make light of that and expect us to take that seriously? Yeah, it's tacky. Dude, she wants a reality TV show. Like that has she has to be like. What's this? Little. What was her name? What's this lady's name? Gloria Aldred. She's, she's, a, Aldrin. she's, she's done an a attorney. She okay. So like uh, the people that got offended at uh, Michael Richards when he was screaming the N-word at the Laugh Factory, potentially a lawsuit, she represented them. Basically anyone in... So she's a social uh, ambulance chaser. She's sort of yes, like, exactly. That's a great, on. great way to describe her, Paul. If there's a weird social situation, perhaps something happened, perhaps it didn't, she's going to be there fighting for her client. Yeah, she likes suing like bigger, big business. Like, uh, like, oh, you wronged this. Like, if yeah. you spilled coffee on yourself at McDonald's, she'd represent you. Yeah, she's not McDonald's. a lawyer. She's somebody that'll grab a headline with your story, so that instead of having to go to trial, a lot of things probably with her just get they just get sort of paid off just to get her out of get her out of the. Yeah, the she machine. makes a couple bucks, and this woman, I don't. I want to meet the guy that turned this woman into this shrew. Just because it must have been maybe a dad, maybe an uncle, maybe a scorned lover. But this woman just seems so, uh, like, acidic and harsh and bitter. And you want to just say she is the epitome of a woman with a sour puss. Just that, that face, that scrunched up face. And when she talks, it just you can just feel the the bitchiness of just that, well... It, this client was just Dude. looking for a job and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. She's so full of shit. She's when just... the facts are on your side, you don't need to exaggerate. Exactly. When the, when, when the facts are, hey, man, I got stabbed. Someone was trying to take my car stereo. I got stabbed. You don't need to, you don't need to lay some backstory of, I was just minding my own business, driving to an orphanage, where I was going to drop off some canned food. 
and some can openers because I'm a very good guy. And very I was good. just trying to do the right thing. And blah, 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 blah. And then out of nowhere, they got stabbed. No. You could just say, hey, man, I was just smoking a butt. You know a guy is telling the truth or a woman is telling the truth when they include bad stuff that they're doing right. yeah. in their – yeah, I don't know, man. I was scratching some lottery tickets, smoking a joint, just hanging out. And next thing I know, I got stabbed. Oh, yeah, like I, I, I kind of believe that guy. Yeah, if she said like I was in a bubble bath with Herman Cain and then he groped me, I'd be like, yeah, he probably did. You know, right. you're taking a bubble bath. Or hey, I I kind of knew what I was getting into. Whatever. I mean, obviously he paid for that huge dinner, that palatial suite he got me. I thought he would probably make a pass, and I was I was giving him some fuck me eyes the entire night. I, I know I know how to work the system. I'm in Washington for Christ's sake. Right. But he took it a little too far, and I said that was sexual assault. I said stop. He forced himself. I filed a complaint with the police, obviously, because what happened was just a crime. And then eventually, since I couldn't have my uh, justice in criminal court, then I decided to sue him civically. Then I believe your case. Right. I mean, this is too long. It's too long of a time coming. Yeah, come on. I had, That's I had not like a coincidence, a man. A third grade teacher like Gloria Aldridge, um, she was the worst. Just didn't get any jokes. Just a real shrew. <laughs> and so to get back at her, we dinged our ditch or whatever. You know, you knock on the door and run away. Yeah, yeah. All through high school. Like for the next like, That's great. eight years, we just every <laughs> Friday and Saturday night just dinged our ditch this lady. And I was back uh, like a month ago in my hometown and we got really drunk and we were like, should <laughs> no. we go, should we go do it? Should we do it? And then I was like, I don't know, because now we're not jing ditching. We're adults trying to break into our house. Yeah. Like it's right. not fun anymore. Right. But crosses, we still did it. It crosses the line when it gets weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it crosses the line when it gets weird. Oh yeah. At some point you have to just realize, Hey, I'm, I'm too old. Uh, I'm too old to be pulling off these shenanigans. I was thinking, I, I was working. I mean, whatever. This is, I guess a bit. But the idea that Angry Birds, uh, the game Angry Birds, but I don't know, when I went to high school, it was just angry friends. Your friends were angry or just angry at the world, and you just went and uh, drove around, smashed stuff, drove in people's lawns. I was guilty of that. Just did general... Mayhem. Yeah. When you are like a 13-year-old boy till about like 19, there's there's just a mayhem urge in you, whether it's... Starting random fires, Dude. stealing stuff. Every just day. shenanigans. Ap- yeah, every day after lunch for like two years in high school, I'd take a full carton of milk and chuck it against the library window and it would explode and spray milk all over people. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't, there was no reason for that. Right. But I was like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Just, boys will be boys, yeah. huh? Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. No, no, it's just, I don't know. It's a testosterone or something. Like, I remember we used to just drive through people's yards when we had cars in high school, and we thought it was hilarious to just peel out in people's yards and drive away. And then, like, I, I could not give you any sort of explanation. Like, when I got caught, my mom was like, what what were you doing? Why did you think that was funny? And I was just like, I have no idea. I, I, don't, I, I couldn't tell do. you. I just thought the idea of, hey, I'm a guy who owns a house. I have a yard. I walk out there, and there's a... This is a 16-year-old guy neutral dropping his 95 Neon <laughs> in my lawn. That's incongruent. We That's did, funny to me. I don't know why. Lot. It makes no sense. Yeah, we just blast onto people's lawns and then pull the e-brake and yeah. just ruin their lawn. And like now as a, if I had a lawn, I love I'd be lawns. So upset. I'm a lawn advocate. Yeah. Why was I doing that? Because you're just bored, and that's what I'm saying. Like what, Now that you have social media, you get sucked into that vortex, you don't care as much. 
Right. Or I, I feel like kids might be losing the uh, eye of the mayhem tiger. You know, we used to just drive around and yell at people for right. like, your shirt sucks, and now like I'm like, oh, I'd be so sad if a group of like kids rolled drove by and were like, you're an idiot. I'd be like, what? No, I'm not an idiot. I've experienced this, and I don't know if it's just from being in this neighborhood or something. It's happened to me three separate times, so I know there must be something going on that I'm unaware of. There, there must be some sort of trend. But I've been walking my dog, and I've had three separate people drive by. One was like a Mexican dude in his 30s. The other was like a younger white teenager. I forget what the makeup of the other one was. But they like stuck their entire head out of the window and go, and just like this deep guttural bark at me. And I'm taken back because when you're just sitting there walking, you kind of get freaked out. I have no idea yeah. why people are barking at me. I've made I, – I don't, I don't really have much of a thought on it except I can't make it out to save my life. When I was walking, I was downtown Los Angeles right before I came here at the show. And then I was walking out over to my car and these two dudes were standing at the corner and I was walking past them and like, let me ask you a question. And I was like, no, I don't want you to ask me a question. And he goes, come on, let me ask you a question. And I don't know if it's just because I'm from Iowa that I'll engage. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to know what you, you have the question for me. I'm over here. <laughs> ask me if you want to ask him over here. He's like, come over here. And I was like, no, I'm not going to come near you. <laughs> like, ask me from here. And then he's like, come here. And I was like, I got to go. And I just left. I was like, because right. our friend, that. yeah, our friend just got stabbed. Yeah. And like, I don't want to get stabbed by you. Right. Yeah. We know a uh, comedian who was, I, I don't know the entire story, but he was seemingly hanging out in a car. A couple dudes rolled up on him. Some fight happened. It got escalated. He got stabbed. No, he, he pulled insane. up. He, here's just a quick story. It's sure. Mike Burns. He pulled up to a place with a girl. They're in their car. Right outside his house, dudes show up to try to rob him, and he was like, no, don't rob me. They stabbed him. Like, that's really quick what happened. It's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I saw him posting the pictures on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr. We've kind of crossed the line as far as what we are interested in sharing. Hey, I got stabbed, and it's like, I don't know what – yeah, why not share that, but then yeah, why share that? But, I mean, if I got stabbed, I would tell everyone right. about it. I mean, it's But then you're just sitting comics. there on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I guess you become a personality. But you're just sitting there on Facebook, and I saw these pictures, and immediately it was right around Halloween. And I go, oh, my God, this must be some Halloween skit he's filming because he's holding up a shirt right. where he got stabbed. Right. He's sitting in the hospital. Oh, hey, look at this nurse made me less stabby. That was a joke to me, so I laughed. But then the guy really got stabbed. Yeah. No, uh, Kyle Kinane said, like, a good point of uh, – no, at no other professional would you be jealous. Like, oh man, that's a good story. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna oh, be a yeah. great bit. Oh yeah, that's a lot, a lot of material. Yeah, yeah, it's a unique angle on being stabbed. I bet a lot of people. Ah man, what? Where? Man, I want to get. I'm gonna get shot. That'd be cooler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get stabbed. It's, it's not good, man. It's crazy. All right. Speaking of man who wasn't as lucky as Mike Burns to cheat death. In fact, he passed away. Michael Jackson. And his doctor was on trial. And uh, one man by the name of uh, Mr. Conrad Murray, and here's them reading the verdict. We, the jury in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Conrad Robert Murray, guilty of the crime of involuntary manslaughter in violation of Penal Code Section 192, subsection B, alleged victim, Michael Joseph Jackson, Alleged date of June 25th, 2009, as charged in count one of the information. This seventh day of November. 
Okay. So I guess that was Latoya Jackson who had that reaction. I'm like, ah! oh, fast. she was freaking out. Now he's he's facing manslaughter for four years, potentially doing like four years. Yeah, that doesn't seem like that long of a time. Paul, what do you think? Too harsh? Not harsh enough? Where where do we lie on a guy like Conrad Murray who, while he helped facilitate Michael Jackson's drug abuse. He it sounds like he didn't actually administer the fatal dose. Perhaps Michael administered the fatal dose, but he basically helped him do that. But he was also addicted to propofol before he met Conrad Murray. What do you think? Too easy, too harsh? I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna acknowledge that he's got that it's he's sort of at fault for it, then that's not harsh enough. It's like either don't assign blame to him or that's that's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's like four years because he's not going to do four years. He's not going to do the whole right. four years, not and he, he'll Angeles. probably be in a pretty nice kind of a situation. So it's like, what's the? What are you really doing? You are taking away his like medical credentials. Yeah, but where does that that put him in four years? He's got a he's got an interesting story. He's got a book to sell. He's got appearances to do. It's like <laughs> you're just making his. He's story got a busy for, life. Yeah, he's. He's going to spend the next four years just building his his interesting story. I wonder if in the jailhouse he can make some sort of uh, propofol pruno. Is there is there an equivalent? I know I know that I know the pruno itself is not as strong as propofol. It's going to be Conrad Murray's toilet wine. It's going to be the most famous of all toilet oh, wines. You're in saying the whole place. CMTW? That is my favorite. Now, what, what do you think, Brooks? Do you think that's too harsh? Um, Not harsh enough? I feel like they were just like uh, I think you know that he just got that verdict for malpractice. Like, hey, you were a terrible doctor. Yeah, you got to go to jail for four years. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it was you murdered somebody. Yeah, I see. Well, that. Yeah, that, that's a that's a manslaughter charge. Manslaughter in general. It's weird. It's got, it's got a lot of gray area, and it, it feels to me the amount of your responsibility varies greatly in that, okay, if I was playing around with a gun and shot someone in the face, that could be considered manslaughter, or that maybe that's murder, uh, you know, charge three or whatever. There, I feel like there's a big window yeah. with manslaughter. You could, hit a, accidentally you could hit somebody. a patch of ice if you're driving in the Midwest and just hit somebody. You kill them. That's involuntary manslaughter, man. Right, because yeah, maybe you're different. going to – This is a guy showing up – like he, you said, Michael Jackson already had an addition to this thing. So he's showing up as a doctor, assessing the situation, and instead of sending him to a rehab – says essentially I'll take him to my personal care and I'll oversee Michael Jackson and I'll make sure that he's okay. So he's got that's your client, that's your that's your patient and he's overdosing. How is that that's more than just it's your fault. It's malpractice. It's just a terrible doctor who was like, "Oh, sick, dude. I got yeah, the king but it's, of pop. it's a little it's a little aggressive malpractice. I mean, malpractice could just be you not scrubbing down before going into surgery. Guy gets infected. He has a serious medical yeah. issue. This is, I think, what Paul's getting at is this guy's being aggressively negligent. Yeah. And the idea that Michael Jackson showed up, paid him way more than uh, you know he was getting. He got a ton of money. That's why he was willing to write him these drugs. Basically, he's a high-profile drug dealer. It's done with a prescription. Yeah. And he should know better. He should know yeah. better than to. He's a doctor. He should know better not to take on someone. You know the consequences of propofol. Maybe Michael Jackson didn't know the propofol. I'm sure he realized it wasn't good. Maybe he didn't realize it was that easy not to come back from it. Yeah, but that's why you have a doctor. Your doctor's there to advise you. Yeah, there's too many. It's such a long series of bad decision making and choices that he made as a professional. He's taken too many oats. He obviously deserves to lose his credit. His uh, right. I mean, yeah, he shouldn't be a doctor anymore. I guess. 
Maybe. What I'm saying is hang him. I'm saying string him up. <laughs> he <laughs> killed the king hey, of pop. He mi- murdered the king of pop. Let's be civil. Let's just go ahead and give him, uh, what's the one where they chop your head off? The guillotine. 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 That's a, that's Let a, it loose. That's, that's, that's royalty real... death. That's, that's a distinguished death. Civil. That's a civil, civil. thing to do. Let's so now he's not the only uh, celebrity. It's passed away. There's been multiple celebrities. Heavy D just passed away yeah, today. Rest in peace. Heavy D passed away. I know it was uh, big on the Twitter sphere. And everyone kept pointing out, Heavy D's last tweet was, be inspired. And everyone was like, Whoa. oh, man, that's really awesome that he went out on that positive note. But then you read everything else that Heavy D tweeted, and every one of his tweets is, Hey, man, life is magic. Just make the best of it. Hey, guys, just do the best you can today. Hey, guys... Okay, so... Uh, all he sounds right. like a positive, uplifting spirit. Yeah, he sounds like a super positive guy. So I, I just think people looked into it like, wow, man, that was that was just fate happening. No, the guy was just regurgitating positive things the entire what time. Did, I'm uninformed. And, but just, pas- just... How did he die? I don't know. I'm assuming... Yeah, he was a giant fat guy, so I'm assuming something with his heart. But I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's the best probably. giant fat guy. Uh, uh, here's the thing. As a rule of thumb, with the exception of uh, Biggie Smalls, if you have the name Big or Heavy in your name, you're, it's going to be a heart condition. Or Candy, John Candy. <laughs> John oh, Candy. Man, the worst. <laughs> but the so now, guys, what would you? I was just thinking, like in my own head. Oh man, what what would be like a good or a bad tweet to go out on? Or or because I, you know, maybe I joke on something, or maybe I'm like. Uh, Football sucks. Everything sucks. There's a couple of tweets that you wouldn't go out on. Paul, in your head, what what could you see yourself going out on a tweet that would be, in hindsight, kind of a disaster? Maybe a Caitlin oh. tweet. Maybe a tweet. Maybe a I know you enjoyed – at Paul Danke, he, uh, he's found a niche here tweeting about Caitlin's and the different – I, I, I don't really, I I really understand it. I it's enjoyable. I, I can't explain it, but maybe you, maybe maybe your last deathbed tweet is like, "Oh, Caitlin's, why do you keep stealing guys' boyfriends?" I don't know. So one of the Caitlin tweets. Can I use that? Yeah, sure. Feel free. I, to use d- it. I would. I would love if I went out on a Caitlin tweet. That would mean that I went out on my own stupid, stupid joke, and I would feel really good about it. But right. it'd probably be about glory holes, and that's the worst thing. My mom will have to know about yeah, that. Exactly. Because the people are going to look at that when mm-hmm. you pass away. Now. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a different, you know, God willing, when we pass away, it'll be a different social media or, right. or whatever sort of thing, you know, you're, uh, I don't know, twisting or, <laughs> it's not really great. You're getting there. You're getting whatever. there, son. Your figure, whatever the new social media craze of the right. day is, you're on your deathbed, you're punching away at your, or you're letting your brain dial into some... Yeah, yeah my sort of contraption. are patched into my cloud, and I'm I'm sending my thought jokes to the world. We'll call them <laughs> folks, and uh, I thought this nas this last thing is probably going to be about how I'm I'm positive my nurse's yeah. first name is Caitlin, middle name Caitlin, <laughs> last name Caitlin. I'll just I can just see myself complaining about the food, the service. <laughs> Pretty sure I crap my pants, but hey, you guys ever notice how you crap your pants and you don't even care anymore? And that's not what you want to go out on, Brooks. What would you say? What would you worry would be a, a tweet uh, you might go out? Well, of? I guarantee it'll be something horrible because it's all my. It would just be a reference that from back in the day, like that's all my tweets. Yeah, are. some sort of it'd like, be like I just got silly string and there's a Hey Dude marathon on. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. 
Did you guys see Brooks's last tweet? Fucking terrible. Yeah, just what would yours be, Green? You really? I guarantee, if I know Sean and I do, sure. it's gonna be a customer service complaint. <laughs> You're gonna go out t- shitting on some Quiznos or some yep. some Subway. Uh, oh. Subway and their futuristic. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of I think that Subway guy spit in my sandwich and then he actually poisoned your sandwich. Right. Or just, yeah, it could just be the 7 Eleven Slurpee tastes like garbage. It probably has some arsenic in it. Next thing you know, I'm killed over and I'm dead. Gun I wonder if that happened. I wonder how many last tweets are like, dude in front of me doesn't know how to drive. And, <laughs> you know, like they get. Oh, so, dude, that, that is, that's a fear. That's a fear. There's definitely, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes, uh, They'll play like an anti like texting PSAs. They'll they'll show that someone died. Like you know, they find the phone. They can see that there's like a half composed Oof. text message. While you know that uh, that would be as kind of morose as it is. It would be an interesting blog mm-hmm. instead of text from last night. Text before head on collision. Right. A little morose, <laughs> but wouldn't you kind of? I, yeah. I mean, people would read it. I'm tuned in right now. And yeah. honestly, that is a scare tactic because you read. Donna is such a bit, and then you're dead, and then you show or explain how this person died. Yeah, that would make me think before texting. Right. Oh man, I'm just going to complain about how Donna's a bitch. Do I really need to send this text? Maybe it creates I think some that, realism. Yeah, I think that it's smart. I, I, it fucked me up a little bit. I got I a phone. I got. Paul <laughs> got real sad. No, He's I got to change his tweeting and driving ways. But I no, got, I don't tweet and drive. I, I sometimes, you know, not on the freeway, and occasionally I will text when I'm driving. But it's just whenever I do it, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? But you know what it is? I've got friends that will they'll send rapid fire texts. You get like right, three you get in that a row. conversation Ugh. going. Ugh. I got pulled over like four days ago for talking on my phone. I got a ticket for that. What was the ticket? No, I didn't have a Bluetooth. It was like a hundred and. Thirty-five dollars. Damn. Yeah, and I was like, "That sucks," but I'm not gonna let it ruin my day because I don't really, I don't know, I don't get bummed out um, about that stuff because I'm like, "What, what am I gonna do now?" I'm, See, now how do you have that mindset? Because I would fixate on that, and that oh, would be all dude, I would think about. I make mistakes of... all the time, and if I was sad about mistake, if See, I I'm got perfect. bummed That's out about problem. mistakes, I would just be devastated all the time. But then my girlfriend told me she's like, "If you get another one of those, like at all again." It's like a thousand bucks, and you have to take classes. Wow! So I went and bought that Bluetooth, and I don't yeah. text anymore. I love rocking and my Bluetooth while I'm driving. I'm sure it's going to come out somewhere that, in fact, Herman Cain used to work as a Bluetooth lobby, and they probably. I'm sure the Bluetooth industry is lobbying for the cell phone restrictions. Of course. God bless him, man. Keeping the streets safe. Isn't Herman Cain like pro smoking inside? Well, like he's pro the your right to smoke inside, but not yes, pro choice because, or something. But no, he was he was actually a true American hero. He was actually fighting the government wanting to lower the blood alcohol from 0.10 to 0.08 because as a restaurant they were worried about liability issues, right. and he also wanted people to have the ability to smoke in restaurants. Well, partly because it's a freedom thing and a restaurant thing, and also because. Big Tobacco, now since they can't lobby directly and they've been so hindered, they find groups like the National Restaurant Association, give them money to kind of lobby via proxy. That's so guys, that's what you get through reading. The NRA? Wait, it's called the NRA? Yep. And it's kind of confusing. I it's was very It took confusing. me a while to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, NRA a... is, come on, man. We already had the lockdown on NRA. Right. All right. Oh, man. So I, I'm really pissed. Uh now, to get a little serious, have you guys been following this Penn State thing? Have, are you guys? Oh yeah. yeah, I'm very aware of this. You're an Iowa guy, Big Ten yeah. guy. 
I'm pumped, man. I hate. I'd like. <laughs> Like, Pumped about hearing uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so over wrong. over the so course of a thing. decade, this uh, defensive coordinator. Uh, now it's coming out I'm in not, the twenties. That sounds bad. But I was excited about that. All right. Well, I'm I'm excited to vent my opinion on the idea that this guy. I mean, uh, first off, obviously the guy Sandusky, he should go. He's the defensive coordinator. He has been molesting kids for. I mean, whatever. He lost his job. But he was still allowed to stay on the Penn State campus in 1998. It first came out. There were some incidents then. Then he resigned in 99 amid those accusations. He was still kind of allowed to hang around. 2002, this is when a major incident happened. A graduate assistant walked in on him raping a 12-year-old in the shower, brought that, took it to Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno decided, hey, I know what I'll do. I'll tell the athletic director. And the athletic director told the president, they came up with the idea of, hey, here's what we'll do to fix this situation. We'll ban this guy from coming on the Penn State campus, which is with, without ever actually like going to any sort of police investigation. I mean, it's insane that anyone is defending either the graduate assistant, uh, Graham Spanier, the president, or Joe Paterno. Listen, when someone comes up to you, you're in charge, all right? You're in yeah. charge. It's your locker room. It's your team. When someone comes up and says, hey, uh, I witnessed someone raping this 12-year-old, it doesn't matter if he – oh, you, we don't know all the details. Not all the facts came out. Well, here's a fact. You didn't stand up. You didn't do the right thing, all right? You're, you've been coached for this team for how many years? A thousand and a half. Fifty-some 50 years? Yep. Okay? You know, I thought my football coaches were tough on me, but no. <laughs> wow. Doing wow. A little, breaking up with a little levity. But the point <laughs> is, you're a coward, Joe Paterno, and you yeah. deserve to be fired, all right? Yep. Yeah, it takes a lot to do the right thing. And yet, you don't want to believe the fact that the guy, the defensive coordinator that won you a national championship in 1982 and 1986, you don't want to realize that that guy is out there fucking kids, and you didn't do anything about it. You could have stopped that. You could have prevented more kids from being victims of that and for that sir you are a coward yeah real piece of shit but he had like he's so fucking old he has no like i bet that they're i don't care that's what's great that's on my dying deathbed you could ask me uh what's your take on pedophilia no people are going oh this is a polarizing issue what are you going to be pro pedophilia oh hey he didn't get all the facts no no if someone comes up to me and says sean maybe a 12 year old is getting raped you know what i do i follow up with that i report it to multiple authorities. I, I make questions. multiple phone calls. I, I talk to the guy directly. I, I come at him pretty hard. And when he's uh, eight years later, still allowed to walk around the campus and hanging out in the gym and still a part of the Second Mile Foundation. Oh, a foundation he uh, created to help underprivileged kids. Yeah, what were they underprivileged? Because they didn't get to fuck you, you sick fuck. Put it's, him down. Put it's him down. outrageous. He should be put down. No. And it, I can make an argument that the responsibility more is on Joe Paterno, a sane person. Okay, yeah, Sandusky's a piece of shit. He deserves to be in jail. He's a diseased animal. He's like a, a he's a dog with rabies. All right, he deserves to be put in a cage and put down. But Joe Paterno, Graham Spaniard, Tim Curley, whatever uh, the other uh, that other guy can't remember your name. You guys are supposed to be sane individuals. You're supposed to be overseeing this operation. You're making one million dollars a year to sit up in a booth and supposedly call plays, even though everyone knows that a sham. Well, here's what you can do, Joe Paterno. You can make a phone call when you hear stories about kids getting fucked in the ass. Yeah, no, I'll, 
I agree everything with what you're saying. I'm not defending. I'm just saying it's a bummer. Joe Paterno's so old. He doesn't know what's going on now. Like in 2002. Yeah. But like now they're like, you're fired. And he's like, what? Yeah. Like he doesn't, he's doesn't, he's so old. He's like, I'll just call the plays at my TV now. It's awesome. It's like those fucking Nazis that got away and they were, they escaped to South America and then the fucking Nuremberg trials. Well, here's, listen, okay. I understand you're innocent until guilty. I understand. No, these guys are guilty. (laughs) But I, I understand you're innocent until guilty. I read the grand jury indictment. I think he's guilty. But this is them. Uh, this is someone. A reporter went up and interviewed Sandusky. Now, does this does this to you sound like an innocent guy? My attorney has advised me that uh, the situation is in the courts, and I'm not to make any comments. Okay. <laughs> now, Paul, if then he just if right someone after, uh, if someone laid accusations on you of uh, twelve plus years, uh, fifteen years of of uh, of horrible, horrible things, and even though your lawyer advised you not to say something, or someone shows up to you, wouldn't you just? I would have an aneurysm from screaming so hard about my innocence. I'd be like, I can't talk about this, but I definitely didn't. Have, I would, yeah. I would be dead because I would have a heart attack by yelling, "I didn't do that to these kids. This is insane." <laughs> I know. If I was that old old man, I would. A be... janitor walked in on him and saw uh, the, according to the testimony, saw Sandusky giving oral sex to a twelve year old boy, and he said he would never be the same. Janitors have seen some fucked up shit, right? <laughs> yep. If you're shaking a janitor to his core, <laughs> you know you've done something wrong. And this is Joe Paterno today coming out. People are outside his house chanting, chanting him. There's these weirdos that are bizarrely supporting him blindly. Oh, my gosh. What? Imagine being that good at your job that, oh, hey, uh, this guy wanted to get caught. That's why he was having sex with these kids in the locker room. He was a sick, twisted person who was probably consumed by guilt and wanted to be caught. And you let him continuously get away. This is uh, Joe Paterno coming outside of his house, giving some sort of statement. I've lived for this place. I've lived for people like you guys and girls. And I'm just so happy to see that you know, they could feel so strongly about us and about your school. Right, and, let's, and as I said to you, whether you heard me or not, as you know, with the kids who were victims of whatever they want to say, I think we all are saying prayer for them. Because- okay, first off, yeah, they do want to be called victims. You know why? Because they were 12 years old and they got raped by your defensive coordinator and you knew about it and you didn't do anything about it. So yeah, Joe Paterno, victim is an appropriate title for that person, all right? Quite technically, yeah. Innocent until <laughs> and, proven guilty. Oh, How about and- innocent until... Raped in a shower. Also, how and, many Werther's Originals are in his mouth at this time? Yeah, like, you can't. He's very, very marble. Worse than Brando as the Godfather. I heard that some kids got Joe, Joe, why should we be saying a prayer for these kids? Why, why should we? You did all you could for them. Why do we need to pray for them, too? You, you, yeah, you did everything. It. You reported it to the athletic director. You, oh, mission accomplished. Wipe your hands clean. Wow. In, in related news, Jim Trestle couldn't be happier. Yes. He's yeah. like, all I did well, was let kids get tattoos. And, you and the Catholic fired. Church, finally. Not the pedophilia punchline <laughs> for, a, for a little bit. You got a month off. Uh, just quick plug, guys. I'm going to be uh, doing a show at Penn State this Thursday. That is, <laughs> that is no joke. <laughs> wow, dude. Oh, yeah, you're from Pennsylvania. I yeah, no, I'm doing – I went to Penn State for two years. Oh, well, it's, I went it's to, cool that you're going to get to go stand with your fellow, your fellow Penn State uh, – students and, and people and be there to, together and bring a little levity to this tough time and let them know that you're there with them. 
Paul, I'll give you a little 2002 timeline. Drop it on me. 2002 timeline. Gary Sandusky um, accused of raping a 12-year-old boy. Graduate assistant walked in. Gary Sandusky not charged with anything. Also happening in 2002, uh, Sean Green being prosecuted for possessing 0.1 grams of marijuana and a piece of drug paraphernalia for smoking weed in a dorm room. So Penn State Police, while you were busy... While you were busy busting me for smoking weed in a dorm room, literally, wow. literally, oh. literally 500 yards away from there in that same year, the horrible, unspeakable things are being done. Oh, yeah, you recorded some things in 1998 of it was an institutional failure from top to bottom and heads have to roll. Does that, how, does that, how does that sit with you knowing you were there on campus, you were a part of that community of people? When it happened. You were cheering Joe Paterno probably that year. Joe Paterno, when he won his 300th game, I ran onto the field and I shook his hand. The same hand he probably used to shake Gary Sandusky after he was using that to flight young boys. It's disgusting. It's despicable. And as a man, from one man to another, you understand, like, if, as a young man, having that done to you, that's humiliating. That that ruins your entire life. And as another man, to not stand up to it, you're... That's just shameful. Yeah, I don't care if it's leading these. Men. I don't care if it's against. You want to talk about courage and leadership, Joe Paterno, and doing the right thing. Things that I'm sure, I'm sure you looked every one of those young college recruits and said, "I'm a leader. I know how to lead. I'm looking for leaders. I'm turning young boys into men." Well, you know what? You didn't do that, all right? Yeah. Because when it really mattered, oh yeah, you might have won two national championships, might have had a winning bowl record, might have won 409 college games, but you lost at the game that mattered, the game of humanity, the game of doing the right thing when it's Ooh. the toughest, because that's what a leader does. Man. And you failed the institution, you failed, you failed the state, you failed the school, and most importantly, you failed those kids that you didn't stand up and take care of. You failed those kids. Yeah, sure, they're not a blue-chip recruit, all right? But that doesn't mean they don't deserve to have a childhood. But you didn't call the police. You didn't step forward. And because of that, Gary Sandusky was able to add victims to his list, and you have to sleep with that. And that's tough, man. I don't like it. But I'll be, uh, do- I'll be doing a comedy show this Thursday. Yeah, Carnegie Cinema. Light. Carnegie Cinema, the stand-up club, second floor uh, presents. You, you know those masks that the Joe Paterno masks? Yeah, it looks like Joe Paterno's wearing <laughs> one. Yeah, like his face is melted into yes. plastic. He's, he, I mean, uh, yeah, he's an old guy, but come on, man. No, I'm not. I don't know. I'm just I, saying. I'm just particularly fired so, up about this. So issue. no, I, I didn't. I didn't know you even went to Penn State. That's yeah. crazy. That's like if they told me Hayden Fry or Dan Gable were like not the saints that Iowa thinks they are. Right. And I never I never idolized him to this. I never thought the guy was a saint, but this is just common decency. Like, if, if you were at your job and someone came up and said, oh, hey, I heard this going on. Yeah, you tell your boss. But then, okay, yeah, even if your boss is associated with the Penn State Police, blah, 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 you, you follow up and go, hey, wait, uh, whatever happened to that guy that uh, was doing that awful stuff? He's still working here. All right. Maybe I'll make another phone call. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's insane. It's and very for people to blindly crazy. support him, there were people outside his house chanting, uh, let Joe Pa stay. Let Joe Pa stay. Why? You shouldn't be in power anymore. Being in power it means making tough Dude. decisions. Yeah, it's not easy to rat on your friend, but you're not a rat. All right, snitches get stitches, but not when it comes to pedophilia cases. No, 
how long was he a coach there? Like 60 years, and it was completely ruined. Like, just right. ruined because you giant, didn't do the right thing, man. You're, giant asterisk hanging next to him. And, yeah, when he first found out, for him to go and explain it and go, hey, this was my right-hand man, and he did this, and it happened under my watch, and I feel a lot of shame. But realize, yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe he would have got fired even then, even for doing the right thing. But that's why they call it doing the right thing, Joe. That's why it's not easy to do, man. Okay? And, oh, oh, Sean, you don't know what you would do in this situation. And all the facts haven't come out. Now I do know what I would do in that situation. It's called having a moral center, all right? I might be a dick at times, but I'll tell you one thing. When shit goes down, I know what the right thing is to do, and I step up and I do it. And I'm not making a million dollars a year, all right? I'm not the most powerful man in Penn State or one of the – I'm not some icon, all right? I'm a normal person, and there are plenty of people out there. And for you to make excuses for what this guy didn't do – and, yeah, it's coming on Joe Pa because Joe Pa was the most powerful man at Penn State. He was aware of it, and he didn't do anything about it. And the other people that were involved are just as culpable, if not more so. But that doesn't mean he's off the hook. All right. You got Sorry, it. guys. A little fired up, man. That's okay. You got to keep it real, dude. Some people got to get taken down a peg. Yeah. All right. Um, good times, guys. Uh, Paul, you want to give your hand a haiku there? Yeah, I do. I would love to. Okay. Plenty of fish date. <laughs> Imagine there's no pizza. <laughs> Paterno's Dunzo. Oh, nice. Wow, look out, Logan, man. Wow, man. Logan gets to be shaken to his core. I heard two beautiful things on this podcast that imagine and then that. <laughs> imagine there's no pizza. That was really good. Okay, Brooks, fun. where can uh, where can people check you out? Where can they, you know, throw um, out the Twitter, the website, whatever you got, I man? I don't know. Well, where does this go out? Tomorrow or? Yeah, I'll be uh, posting it on Wednesday. So okay. if you're hearing this, it's well, a Wednesday, possibly later on. Okay. Well, if it's Wednesday, I have a show at the Irvine, Im- no, no, the Hollywood Improv called For Shame, where we watch bad music videos that you're ashamed about. Uh, Sounds like fun. Yeah, it'll be cool. You just get to watch music videos that are terrible. And then uh, on Twitter, I'm just Brooks Whelan. And you can uh, see all my references that I have. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a heavy I like, resume. I like, your, I like your detached plug. Not, not too high pressure, but yeah, I, yeah. I like it. Okay, like I said earlier, you can check me out at Penn State, Carnegie Cinema, this one, uh, room 113, this Thursday night, 9 o'clock east. And, of, uh, of course, obviously, uh, check me out, SeanTGreen.com. I got a couple shows coming up in uh, Bethlehem over the Christmas time. Steel Sacks, December 22nd. Tickets are flying fast. We already sold out the 100-seat venue. They upgraded me and Johnny LaCosso to the 200-seat one. So get the tickets while you still can, people. You can uh, find the link there on shantygreen.com on the calendar section. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it here live every Thursday shantygreen.com. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out Sean Green's comedy CD, The Whiskey Dick. Now available on iTunes. Follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show.
like